Man, it was a busy weekend for the Detroit Pistons. Man, we had a lot happen over the weekend. We're going to have a lot to talk about in today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Per usual, I am your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. You can find the podcast over on YouTube, at Lockdown Pistons. Make sure you guys go and subscribe over there to the podcast. We're trying to hit to 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year. Even if you don't want to watch the visual version, you like the podcast version, I understand. Just go support the podcast. It'd mean a lot for, to us over here if you simply go support it and hit the subscribe button. And Like I tell you guys at the beginning of every episode, Thank you for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. But in today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast, man, we have a lot to talk about. A lot of stuff went down over the weekend. The Pistons played a back-to-back, first the Cleveland Cavaliers, then the Toronto Raptors. They got their third win of the season against the Toronto Raptors. We had we had a lot of stuff to happen. Uh, we had some drama happen. We had some career games from certain players. We we saw some more clutch moments from Kay Cunningham. We have a lot to talk about. But first, I think I want to talk about Killian Hayes' last game against the Toronto Raptors. What could be his best game as an NBA player. He's only 37 games into his NBA career. Um, but uh, obviously, it's, it's a small sample size, which I, I'm going to continue to reiterate to you guys is, that he's not played very many NBA games. So just continue to keep that in mind. Uh, but his 37th game, I think, might be his best game in the entire NBA, uh, his NBA career. Uh, he went off against the Toronto Raptors. almost got a triple-double. I think he may have gotten it if he didn't have that thumb injury. that kept. He ended up having coming out in the third quarter uh, for a thumb injury. But he did play a very long stretch in the fourth. So maybe he wouldn't have got it either way. But he was on triple-double watch since halftime. He ended the game with 13 points, 10 assists, 7 rebounds, a block, he hit three threes, three or four from the field, and it was four or seven from the – or three or four from beyond the arc and four or seven from the field overall, two of two from the free throw line. He was a plus seven in the game. This is – I think this has to be – it's either this game or the game last year against, I believe, the Chicago Bulls when he scored 21 points. Uh, it's one of those games. Uh, but I think this game right here, he impacted he, – he impacted the game way more in this game. Uh, before we even go talk about his offense, which is, again, like I've told you guys – has looked better and better as the season has pro- went on. Uh, we'll talk about some of his struggles as well uh, that continue to be pointed out a little bit and, and still are, are glaring on the offensive end. But again, it's only 37 games. He's showing progress, though. But either way, I want to talk about his defense first. So over the weekend, he had a six-steal game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. He also had a five-steal game uh, on Halloween against the Brooklyn Nets. So he has two five-steal games in the, in the last, what, six games? That's insane. Um his defense is he, – he's hes looking like he could become an all-NBA defensive guard. he His defense has absolutely been absurd. How quick he is with his hands, how active he is with his hands is otherworldly. Um, there's been a few times, too, where he switched on to bigger guys, and we've talked about this in the podcast, him getting stronger and him getting bigger is going to help him. I mean, actually, when it, we first saw how big he had gotten – I think the first thing we talked about was, you know, how that could help him offensively. Uh, maybe we should have spent more time talking about defensively how that could help him. Because now he's switching against guys who are power forwards, small forwards. Every now and then switching on to centers in the post and holding his own. Uh, he's stripping guys. 
Um, he's making good rotations. He's he's just all over the place defensively. If you watched any of the games over the weekend, there's no way you don't come away thinking that this dude is looking like an NBA defensive guard. He's literally all over the place on defense. He's getting up in guys. Guys don't like his pressure. We talked about that against the Houston Rockets where he completely frustrated the hell out of Kevin Porter Jr. He was doing that as well over the weekend. Just getting way up in guys and something I think fans – should be happy about and should be watching forward moving forward. I, I'm going to be definitely watching forward to this uh, is that it seems like the refs are actually giving him some respect early in his career. Again, he's only played 37 games, but refs are letting him get physical with guys. Usually they don't really let rookies get physical with guys. They're quick to call a whistle. You kind of have to be like, have some kind of name to yourself. You have to have like a level of respect with the referees, at least from what I've watched the NBA and the way he's playing guys on defense I don't think they let many other young guys get away with it. I don't think they would let other, you know, guys 37 games in their career get that physical with dudes out in the perimeter. And they're letting him do that. They're giving him his, some respect on the defensive side. And that's keying into some of the reasons why he obviously he's getting six steals, five steals, uh, averaging a steal and a half a game. Uh, so I, I'm going to be interested to see if that continues on throughout the rest of the year, if they're going to continue to let him get up in guys like that and, and be physical 90, 94 feet all the way up and down the court. So, uh, but yeah, defensively, man, I can't, I can't say enough about him. He's been, it's been an absolute joy to watch him on defense. He was, he, he's been absurd. Uh, but let's talk about his offense now. So in the game against Cleveland, he shot two of nine from the field, uh, had his struggles offensively. He made one of two of his threes. However, he had five points, six rebounds, five assists, and six steals. He had a five by four, which again, he's impacting the games in other ways. Uh, but I guess I should probably hit on a little bit of his negatives first. Because I know you guys are going to be like, oh, he's still averaging this. You know, you don't, it just why are you hyping him up so much? So, you know, let me just be objective a little bit. He very clearly is still struggling from two-point two range. Um, I, I he, He's he's improved from beyond the arc. He looks like a really good free throw shooter. It's just he's, he's still struggling a lot, I feel like. And obviously the numbers back it up from two-point range right now. Um, that's obviously going to be the biggest part of his development. Like right now, he's shooting what is it, twenty five percent from two point range. That's god awful, and that's weighing down his overall percentage of uh his field goal percentage of thirty two percent. Um, so obviously he has a massive improvement that needs to happen there. Uh, again, I'm gonna continue to point out to you guys, he's only played thirty seven games, so he's going to hopefully he's going to get there. He's that's another the next step of part of his uh improvements and his development. So that part is still glaring. That that part is still uh, a massive a massive struggle for him right now. Um, but something that is not a massive struggle for him right now, which I thought a lot of you guys and a lot of people who watch the Pistons thought it was going to be a massive struggle for him is his three-point shooting. He's shooting 43% on the year right now for the, for the Detroit Pistons from beyond the arc. He hit three or four against Toronto. He hit two in the fourth quarter and was doing celebrations after his threes. I was absolutely hyped. I was losing it. I, I'm not going to... I can't sit here and lie to you guys. I was losing my mind watching this happen. Uh, it was it was so fun to see him play with a level of confidence and cockiness after his threes. That you know, it's that's what you really want to see, man. You want to see him play confident. You want to see him feel a little bit cocky in his own game. And even after the game, he came out and said they asked him, and he was like, "Hey, everybody on here has a game. We can hoop for real." And I liked hearing him say that. You know, I, I hope that does something for his confidence. He was shooting, he's shooting threes confidently. As soon as he catches them, any kind of space, he's letting it rip. I, I completely love it. Um, so, he, again, he's shooting 43% from the year from beyond the arc right now. He's shooting 90% from the free throw line. So, 
His shot looks vastly improved. His form looks vastly improved. He's no, I don't think you see the leg sway as much. His form looks, his form looks really good. Um, and again, yeah, he had, I think this last game against the Toronto Raptors was probably his best game of his career. Uh, he impacted defensively, he impacted offensively. He might've been, I don't know. I, I, I hope this isn't a hot take. I think he probably was the Pistons best player in this game. Uh, he definitely was their best player in the first half. And I think he, I, I think he probably was their best player this the entirety of this game. He was even active on the offensive boards. He had two offensive rebounds. He had one he uh, grabbed an offensive rebound, went forced the foul. That's aggressive play there, finding ways to impact the game, finding ways to get to the free throw line. Just he's figuring it out, basically, is what we're gonna. I wanted to end this first segment on. Killian Hayes is figuring this out. He's looking better each game, like I told you guys after the first game. Hopefully his first two games look better, or his first two games, the next two games look better. Then the next two games look better than the last two games, et cetera. Like I've been telling you guys. And it looks like that is actually happening. He's looked better each time he's went out there. Uh, so, again, it, it's 11 games into the season. It's or 11 games into his season, he missed the game. Uh, but, yeah, I, I've just been really happy with what we've seen from Killian Hayes. I see some of you guys are starting to turn a little bit. I told you guys, just give him some time. Let him develop. It's only, He was literally only like 30 games in his career. Just give him some time. Be patient. It's a development season. And he's starting to show great development in certain areas. He still has a long way to go in the two-point range. That's a massive struggle for him right now, even though he did have that one blow-by that should have been a dunk if he didn't have that wrap on his finger. Uh, he would have dunked it. He didn't want to mess up his hand. But that was a nice play to see. I like. I hope we see more of that. But still, he has a massive improvement still to go. Uh, but even even right now, you can already see the the leaps he's taken already, and that should give everyone hope that through 37 games, he's already taken massive leaps in his game in certain areas. Again, he has a lot of grow, room to grow in certain areas, a lot of room, but he's shown improvement, a lot of improvement in certain areas that should have everybody excited about where he could possibly end up. And I'm excited to see how the rest of the season goes for him. Uh, but when we come back, we had some drama happen over the weekend with the Detroit Pistons. We had some drama happen. With Dwayne Casey. What happened? Did you guys miss it? I'll tell you guys everything that happened when we come back from the break. But first, let me tell you about some of our sponsors. First up, Price Picks. All right, NBA fanatics, have you heard about Price Picks? Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Price Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Price Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of your users that deposit and use your promo code or our promo code will receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just make sure to use promo code NBA. You pick two to five players and an over and under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Price Fix allows mixed sports entries as well. You can take the under, which I hope you do every time, on Jared Goff yards, and the over on Killian Hayes points in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy to do it. Price Fix is also safe, and it offers fast withdrawals. So don't, hes- don't hesitate. Check out PricePix.com and use promo code NBA or go to your App Store and download the app today. Price Fix is daily fantasy made easy. And then let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, Direct TV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. 
and brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and all of the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more about this at directtv.com. Yes, that's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. So, actually, I want to say something to you guys real quick. A little, like, I made it moment that happened over the weekend. So, you know, when I when I go to work, I'm a delivery driver, obviously, on the side of, of the podcast. Uh, you know, I have to go out to get my money. Uh, but anyways, um, I was at work, and when I'm at work, I listen to, like, other podcasts as well, obviously. I listen to, like, sports uh, videos, whatever. And every time, anytime I'm bored or something, I don't have nothing to watch, I'll listen to First Take every now and then, like, the, the, the podcast version of it. And she, uh, Molly Kiram, the host, it was like a little ad break on the podcast, and she read the DirecTV ad read that I always read. And I was like, oh, that's, that's, I read that. That, that sounds like me. And I was like, okay, I, I, that, that's kind of, I made it moment. I, I'm reading the same type of ads as like ESPN people. That's pretty dope. Uh, I had to, I had, I just want to throw that out there. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, but, Anyways, thank you for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And, again, please go support the Lockdown Pistons YouTube channel. If you haven't already, go hit the subscribe button. We really appreciate it. We're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year. But, like I said before the break, we had some drama happen over the weekend with the Detroit Pistons and Dwayne Casey with one of his players. Which player, you may be asking, if you didn't keep up with the Pistons over this season, uh, over this weekend, I should say, Hamanu Diallo. So. In the Pistons game against the Cleveland Cavaliers, in which they lost by 20 points, it was a real bad blow at the end of the game. And Dwayne Casey was subbing in some of his bench players, etc. And with about, I believe, five minutes left to go in the game, um, he pointed down at Hamadou Diallo, who hadn't been subbed in, hasn't played since November 2nd, where he played five minutes of garbage time. He, last time he played any legit time was on Halloween against the Brooklyn Nets. But... He looked down at Hamadou Diallo. He pointed at him to get up, you know, get in the game. Hamadou Diallo didn't respond. He got up again. Uh, Dwayne Casey stood up, screamed his name down there. You saw the assistant coaches look down there, scream his name. Hamadou Diallo looks up. He starts slowly taking off his warm-up pants, starts slowly taking off his warm-up shirt, gets up all nonchalantly. Trust me, listen, I know all about this, this motion. I get all, I already understand what this, what this body language is about. You want to know why? Because I did this exact same thing in high school. So, Quick story. In high school, my junior year, I felt like I should have been playing a lot more in varsity. I felt like I was ready. Coach felt like I wasn't ready yet to be on there. So every time he put us all in at the end of a garbage uh, garbage time game or up by whatever, every time I did the exact same thing, Hamadou Diallo did. So that's how I know that he was purposely trying to send shots at Dwayne Casey, the slowly taking off your warm-ups, the swaying of the head back and forth, the, the act like you just don't give it a bleep about anything. You walk. You like you're not giving no head nod to nobody, not looking at nobody, you're just walking like you just you just don't care. You just don't care at all. So Dwayne Casey noticed this, and as him do Diallo's walking by, you can clearly see Dwayne Casey basically look at him and be like, hey, what's up? And him do Diallo looks back at him, says like a quick word or something, and just keeps walking. He must have said something right there that Dwayne Casey didn't like. I'm sure Dwayne Casey already didn't like his whole attitude. Maybe he would have done this anyways, but I think he might have said something to Dwayne Casey that he just didn't like. But either way. Dwayne Casey basically tells him, hey, and pardon my language, but he basically says, get your ass back here. 
You're, you're take, get back on the bench. You're not playing. Whatever. You don't want to play. Get back on the bench then. Hamdi Diallo turns around and is like, okay. And he goes back to the bench. He ends up subbing in Rodney Magruder, which I, I – no, not everybody saw this. I had to tweet out and tell everybody. So I feel like I broke a little bit of news. I saw it on the broadcast. I was watching in the back. I could see it all happening. I was like, oh, my God. What, the, what just happened? So I tweet about it and everything. And then one of my uh, – one of the people I follow, her name is Ellen. She tweets out that she's at the game and that Troy Weaver has come down from his spot and she was right behind the Pistons bench. She took a picture of it and everything. She was right behind the Pistons bench and Troy Weaver has came down from his seating, called Hamdou Diallo up out of his bench spot and told him basically, pardon my language again, get your ass over here. I'm taking you to the back. <laughs> and Troy Weaver has now taken Hamdou Diallo to the locker room after this incident. Now, Nobody asked Dwayne Casey about this after the game. Now, I certainly wasn't going to ask him. I'm not even at the game. I'm in the Zoom calls. I'm definitely not about to risk, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to be the one to poke the bear with it. So I was leaving it to everybody else to try to ask. No one asked anything. No one said anything about it. I, I, I mean, again, the only reason why I feel like a lot of people know is because I tweeted about it and showed a picture of it happening. And everyone took it and ran with it, started floating around Pistons community and everything. It wasn't like something that happened on the big screen, like the broadcast caught it and started talking about it. Like, legit, it was like no one's really like – I don't know if they're trying to – the Pistons are trying to sweep it under the rug and hoping no one really saw it and then just moving on. But we all saw it for sure, and we haven't really got an update on it. So what do I think about it? Um, Hamdou Diallo obviously is very pissed off. Um, I feel like he has some right to be mad uh, and, and feel type of way. And I also – I just want to say this because I know this has been floating around um, I know this has been floating around the Pistons community. I've seen people say this, and it's just not true. I just want to come out and say that Emmanuel Diallo did not refuse to go in the game. He did not do that. Um, I, people were taking my tweet and w- running with it. He made a big deal about having to come in the game. He made a big deal about I, – I guess he felt kind of disrespected to be thrown in that garbage time again or be the last guy thrown into garbage time. Now, I'm sure he felt type of way. I know he's pissed. But he did not refuse to go in. People are saying that he just refused to check in for Dwayne Casey. That's false. That 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 did not happen. He did not disrespect Dwayne Casey like that. He did not do that. So if you want to push that kind of narrative, find a different thing. But he did not refuse not to go in the game. That did not happen. He did make a big deal about it. Um, but I get why Hamdou Diallo's mad. I do. I really get why he's mad. The reason why I assume he's mad is that a dude like Frank Jackson, and I'm sorry that Frank Jackson has to kind of catch a stray here, but it is what it is. It's just the truth. And we t- we had that tough conversation about Frank Jackson a few podcasts ago. But Frank Jackson has played all 12 games. And not, at not one point in this season has Frank Jackson earned these minutes he's getting. Not one time. I don't care. He hasn't earned these minutes once. He's shooting 36% from the field. He's shooting 24% from three. He's shooting 72% from the free throw line. He has not earned these minutes one time. He's not a good defender. He's not playmaking out there. And again, you guys know I was a big Frank Jackson guy coming into the season. I was I was a supporter. I, I liked Frank. I thought he was going to be a big part of this team. But Frank Jackson has not earned any of these minutes through 12 games. He's played awful in almost every single game he's played. Some games, I guess you could say he's played okay, but he's never played good. He, he has not earned these minutes at all. But a dude like Hamadou Diallo, who also, I, I'm saying, did not earn his minutes. In the first four games, he really struggled. He didn't play well. He hasn't played since October 31st, really. He played in a blowout at the end of the game against Milwaukee, but legit minutes, he hasn't played a, a game since Brooklyn. So this is this is what I'm saying for him. 
and I'm going to defend Hamadou Diallo. And I know there's some of you guys out there who immediately want to go defend Dwayne Casey. I'm not saying Dwayne Casey's wrong either. I'm just simply coming from Hamadou Diallo's side, from a player's perspective. Hell yeah, he should be pissed. Like, you think he's just going to walk around like a good old boy? Like, no, he should be mad. There's a dude, like, I get why, if I was Hamadou Diallo, this would be my, this would be my thought process here. Okay, I didn't earn the minutes. I get it. I struggled. I, I get why I was initially benched. I'm not playing well. But now you have me sitting behind Frank Jackson. Your, your whole thing to me was, is that you have to earn your minutes. I'm not going to give minutes to anybody, which I, I agree with that sentiment. He's not, Dwayne Casey has said for a year since he took the job, I'm not going to just give minutes to people. Okay. We saw that with Sekou. He's not going to just give minutes to people. Okay. But you're going to sit me at the, I struggled for four games. I'm sitting here currently on the bench. I'm sitting here watching he, uh, Frank Jackson. I've watched him struggle for 12 straight games. I've watched him not help the team for 12 straight games. Why is he not getting that same treatment that I got? I got yanked after four games of me struggling. I'm, I haven't got a chance to get my spot back yet. I, I've, I haven't even got a chance to get it back yet. Frank Jackson, meanwhile, has came out and stunk the joint up for 12 straight games, and he's continued to be gifted minutes. That's just what it is happening right now. He's being Frank Jackson is being gifted minutes. Now, am I saying that Hamadou Diallo, Frank Jackson just lose all his minutes we just give Hamadou Diallo the rotation moving forward from now on? No. What I'm saying is, Hamadou Diallo, I feel like, and I feel like he's right in feeling this way. You should at least bench Frank for like two or three games to give Hamadou Diallo a shot now. Give him a chance to get the minutes. If Hamadou Diallo again fails to, to secure those minutes, then you go back and forth until one of them takes the minutes. But I get why Hamadou Diallo probably feels like it's not fair that, you know, you're making one guy earn the minutes and the other guy's sticking the joint up and he's being gifted the minutes. So if I was Diallo, yeah, I, I would be pissed off too. I would be really mad. It, it doesn't. I would be sitting there thinking, like, it doesn't make sense. So, I, I mean, I'm sure – that he was probably told something in the offseason that he would be like a part of the team and be a part of this rotation and they really like him and all that kind of stuff. So he's probably sitting there like, bro, what's going on? Um, but, you know, I, before I continue ranting, I have to get to this ad break. You guys already know what happens. We'll talk about this a little bit more when we come back and we'll also hit uh, on some of the positives that happened over the weekend real quick before we wrap up the podcast. But first, I have to tell you guys about one of our sponsors and it's your guys' favorite sponsor, Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving. All of the good food, the treats, plenty of the treats. I love them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert, but isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Boot Bars. Boot Bar is the new holiday dessert that all of you guys will love. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Boot Bars are only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with a coconut Boot Bar. Or go for a raspberry Boot Bar instead of a raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors for you guys to choose from to replace any pie. It's low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, and high in protein. Covered in 100% real chocolate that's soft and easy on the teeth to chew. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go get a Built Bar right now or two. Share some at your family gatherings as well. I promise it'll make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet, and maybe her whole mood will change. Maybe it'll stop being less awkward when you guys get together. New surprises all month, limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So go check the site often. And there's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Make sure you guys mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises at Built.com. So go to Built.com, use our promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. 
So, yeah, again, I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And, again, I want to tell you guys, please go support the Lockdown Pistons YouTube channel. We're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year. Even if you don't want to watch the YouTube version, you like the podcast version, I get it. There's a great way for you guys to support the podcast is by simply going over and subscribing to the, the YouTube channel. Trust me, that that's the best support you guys can do right now. Uh, but let's get back into this Hamadou Diallo situation. I just, it's just, yeah, man. It's like, I, I get why he's mad. I get, he has an absolute reason to be mad. I feel like he has a reason to feel type of way. And all the people out there who feel like, you know, you know, he's, he's a professional. He's just walking line. Dude, players have emotions too. This is an emotional game that they play. It's emotional. Everything about this game is emotional. Putting all the work into it, everything. People are going to have emotions. So if he feels like he's being wronged or he's being, feel like he's not being given really a chance. And I don't feel like he's really been, been, he was given his chance at the beginning of the season. He failed. He didn't earn the minutes over Frank Jackson or JJ, Josh Jackson. I get that. But again, it's been 12 games of Frank Jackson stinking it up. Josh has has contributed. Josh has has secured his rotation. Josh has absolutely earned his minutes. He's had bad games, but he's absolutely earned the minutes that he's getting. Josh has. Frank has not. He has not done it. So I get why Hamadou Diallo is probably sitting back like, dude, what the hell? Can I get some of his minutes? He's not playing well. He's not getting yanked. I I got four games to play well, and I got yanked. I haven't got a shot since. So I get why that whole blow-up happened. Um, am I reading a lot into it? I definitely think Diallo's probably gone. I think he, they're probably going to get rid of him and trade him because he's not that big of a part of the team. You know, you guys know I was also high on Diallo. I'm, I, I'm really high on him. Um, he just hasn't played well. He hasn't really been given a chance since the first four games of the season. It's still a long year. They could give him another shot eventually. Uh, but when you have an incident like this happen on the sideline, I think that basically, you know, chucks up, chucks it up, especially for a guy who's not really a part of your plans right now, I guess. Uh, I, I think that's basically the end of that. I think they're definitely probably going to trade him once December 15th comes around, look to trade him. Um, the one thing that could save him, or I don't know if you could say save him, but make it to where a trade doesn't happen, is like I said earlier, the fact that it hasn't seemed to like blow up. Uh, they, the broadcast missed it. They didn't talk about it. No one asked them about it after the game. No one's asked them about it since. So they can kind of like sh- sweep it under the rug and act like it never happened, which is what they're trying to do right now. Uh, so maybe they can, you know, they won't feel any pressure. Uh, maybe uh, uh, Troy River spoke with, when he spoke with Hamadou Diallo in the locker room, maybe he cooled things off. Maybe he said something to Hamadou that, you know, made him feel a little better or, you know, kind of, you know, calm things down. Because I know the next game against the, um, the Toronto Raptors, Hamadou Diallo, you saw him over there on the bench cheering when Pistons did good things. So he was in a better mood then. He didn't play still, but, you know, Maybe, maybe they're able to sweep things under the rug and act like things never happened. And maybe that secures, like, you know, no no more drama happening. Maybe they're able to just not trade him. And, and I don't know. Who knows? All I know is, is that, you know, we said this last week in the podcast, Frank Jackson needs to lose his minutes. And Hamadou DL absolutely 100% deserves to get another shot. He did, I get that he didn't earn his, the rotation spot in the, in the first four games. But it's been 12 games of Frank Jackson sucking. That's just me being honest. Frank Jackson has sucked for 12 games. Diallo deserves a chance to get those minutes. Just give him a chance. If he fails in those minutes again, then you go back to Frank and let Frank continue to try to take the minutes. But Diallo at least deserves a shot now. He does. So I get why he's mad. Uh, but we'll check it up there. Uh, also, do I think that Dwayne Casey's lost the locker room? No. I don't think he's lost the locker room. I don't think he deserves to be fired over this. Like people are going too far with it. Uh, you can see, believe it or not, you're able to choose both sides. Like you're able to see from both sides. 
you're able to understand and agree with why Hamadou Diallo is pissed off without saying that Dwayne Casey is absolutely just abhorrent and, and, you know, wrong and needs to be ousted and thrown into the sun. Like, you're able to see both sides. I promise you guys are able to do that. I saw some people just not able to do that as either one extreme or the other. I promise you don't have to do that. Uh, but enough with that situation, man. Let me know what you guys think about that situation on Twitter or in the YouTube comments or in the reviews on Apple Podcasts. Um, but before we wrap up the podcast, I do want to talk about the Pistons game against the Toronto Raptors. It seems like, you know, the Pistons, no matter how bad they are, no matter how much they're struggling, if you see the Toronto Raptors up on the schedule, you feel like the Pistons could probably get a win and probably get away with one. And they did. Uh, they won this game 127 to 121. Like I said, Killian Hayes had his best game of the season, maybe his best game of his career. Uh, Josh Jackson dropped 15 points. Isaiah Stewart dropped 20, had a great bounce back game. Sadiq Bey had a nice bounce back game. He still started to struggle a little bit more as the, as the game went on from beyond the arc still. Uh, hopefully we start to see him shoot a little bit better from three uh, consistently throughout the season, but he did start to look a little bit more like Sadiq in this game. Uh, Jeremy dropped 24 points as well. Uh, and Kay Cunningham, he had 10 points in this game, but there's a stat I want to throw out to you guys. He struggled shooting from the field still, but if you watch the game again, I don't think any of us are really worried about Kate at all because he's still getting his separation, doing everything. The shot just isn't falling, falling as much right now. However, Cade hit two back-to-back clutch buckets against Toronto's best wing defenders in the clutch to put the Pistons up by four and then up by six. No, no. Yeah, up by four, I believe, then up by five. So I want to read you guys this stat. So Taz, or Taz, I think is what his, his name is. He, he was one of the guys from the starter. You guys will know him, I think, from there on NBA TV. He tweets out, in clutch situations this year, Kay Cunningham is now 5 of 7, which is 71% this season in clutch situations. He's absolutely the Pistons' closer. I think we need to stop talking about this. We just need to stop. We need to stop trying to go to Jeremy in the clutch. I mean, it got to a point even in, in, in on the broadcast where Greg Kelso was like, okay, they tried the Jeremy Grant ISO. It's not working. Maybe they should go try to do something else. It's just, I, I think it's so very clear that Kay Cunningham should be this team's closer every single time. Uh, he's performed well in the clutch. Keep giving him the ball in the clutch. Things go well when you do that. Stop trying to do other things. Just give him the ball. Uh, and K delivered. Even when he was struggling throughout the, the first three quarters of the game, when it mattered, when it counted, which is why K Cunningham was the first overall pick and why he's going to be so great in the league. He's going to be go- so great for the Pistons for years to come because he has that it factor and he has that clutch gene that when it's time to go, he's there and you give him the ball and he will take you to the promised land. And he, that's the kind of guy he is. So just give him the ball the Pistons, clutch situations, stop experimenting with all this other stuff, and let him win you a game like he did against the Raptors down the, down the stretch. Um, but real quick before we wrap up the podcast, I just want to say this too about that Raptors game, and then we'll end it. Um, the Pistons definitely – the reason why they won this game is because they hit shots. They finally hit shots. Obviously, that's the top of the board. Number one reason why steep drop-off from everything else. Obviously, the fact the Pistons finally hit shots is the – Number one reason why they've won this game. However, for all of you guys out there acting like, it's not many of you guys. I don't think it's many. I did see that conversation happening, though, so I just want to chime in on it. The Pistons 100% changed the way they were playing in this game. This was not just simply, oh, they're still doing the same thing Dwayne Casey is doing that you guys have been complaining about this time they just hit shots. No. They ran more pick and rolls. They got Killian Hayes much more involved on ball. They played Jeremy Grant off ball a lot more, had him moving around getting to the basket, getting to his spots more instead of just straight-up ISO, which led to another great game by Jeremy. Getting Killian involved a lot more with the ball in his hands led to him having a great game. 
They overall just played more pick and rolls. They got Isaiah Stewart involved multiple times with off-ball actions. They played way different this game. That's now I'm not saying that's why they won the game. They were they won because they hit shots, obviously. But to act like they didn't change their game plan or change the way they played offensively, that's just false. They they changed they played a completely different way they've been playing, and they played faster. They played much faster. They played more pick and rolls. They got Killian Hayes involved more, and they put Jeremy more off ball and played and got him moving. So that's 100%. It's a part of why they won. Obviously, again, it's because they hit shots. But all the way, the next thing all the way down that list, number two, is because they changed the way they played. It's it's a it's a steep fall. Obviously, they hit shots, but they did change the way they played, and that's how they should play from now on. They should play fast. They should play more pick and rolls with Killian and Kay Cunningham. They should play. A, they changed the rotation too. How could you say they didn't play different? They completely changed the rotation. Dwayne Casey's rotation in this game I thought was great. He staggered a little bit more with Cade and Killian and played them long stretches of the game. That he got Sadiq Bay out early, brought him back in for like he changed his whole rotation. It was completely different this game, and it worked. So hopefully we see it happen moving forward. Obviously the Pistons, if they don't hit shots, none of that stuff matters. But hopefully they continue to hit shots and Dwayne Casey continues to do that because that those two things together I think is recipe. For some success for the Pistons. Um, but, yeah, we ran a little bit long in this podcast. I'm sorry for that. Um, but we had a lot to talk about over the weekend. It was, it was a lot. It was a busy weekend. A lot of stuff to talk about. Um, but thank you guys for listening to today's podcast. I really appreciate it. Make sure you guys go to YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. We really appreciate it. It's the best way to support the podcast. I promise. I appreciate it. Um, but, yeah, thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, like I let you guys know, instead of Lockdown Fantasy Basketball, though, you guys should go check out Lockdown Fantasy Basketball as well. You guys should also go check out Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by Boy, Boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. So, make sure you guys go check out that podcast after this one. Make that your second listen up today. But that's all I've got for you guys today. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. I will see you guys in the next game. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this game Monday night. Uh, have fun, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace out, everybody.